You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. It's actually me today. It wasn't me last week. I wish it was me. Last week, my oldest has a, a baseball tournament way out east on Long Island. So we drive all the way out there on Saturday morning, leave it at before 7 o'clock, get out there, pouring rain. We get out there, half an hour, sit in the parking lot. They cancel the tournament. Done. Goodbye. Drive an hour and a half out there, sit there for a little bit, drive an hour and a half back. So trust me, I would have much preferred to be with you. Last weekend was a, a absolute washout. This weekend's supposed to be beautiful, but very, very hot. All right, so we have, we have a lot to do today. Um, the Yankees are a disaster. We will certainly get into that. Um, you know, it's nice that John Carlos Stanton played last night. Um, I'm a fan of that. Labor Torres in the lineup last night. That's great as well. The game was over five minutes in. I, I mean, the, the second that Boston goes up 3-0 on the Devers bomb home run, uh, that game is over because the Yankees can't score runs. And you know what? They didn't. The Red Sox scored more runs in the first inning than the Yankees did in the entire game. And that's now the theme of what the Yankees are. They cannot score runs. It, there, there's a major issue there, guys. Major issue. They did get a little break with the um, the Rays losing down in Texas. So we'll get to the Yankees, the issues there, the concerns there. The expectations change with the Yankees, right? There's no way that you're sitting here right now telling me, no, I still expect them to, to go on a major run and win the World Series. You can't. There's no way you could possibly believe that. So we'll get to the Yankees, obviously, throughout the show. Uh, huge Islanders game tonight, 630, right here, 9870 ESPN. We have a good day for you. It's me till noon, which, you know, you determine whether you like that or not. Anita Mark, she's terrific, 12 to 3. Gordon Damer, he's terrific, 3 to 630. And then Islanders Bruins, game four. So really, we are the place for you, New York Sports Talk, right here at 987 ESPN. Uh, this is, and I think it's fair to say, if the Islanders do not win this game tonight, they are done. Okay, now it's not a must win, as people say, because if they lose it, they do have another life. But uh, there is no way the Islanders are beating the Bruins three consecutive games. So if you think this is going to be a long, drawn out series, you should be nervous because the Islanders absolutely unequivocally uh, have to win this one tonight. So we'll get to a little Islanders as well during the course of the show. But I wanted to start uh, with the local NBA teams and I wanted to start with, with the Knicks and we'll get to the Nets as well and this is see for my money right now Lakers done and and you could say that they would have won their series if Anthony Davis doesn't get hurt and they probably do but he does and and he does often so I, I don't think it comes as a, as a shock that Anthony Davis missed uh, the, you know the most important games of that series gave it a try game six clearly hobbled played like five six minutes comes out of the game he's done can you say this and I think you can and I'll say it this is the, a couple of things. The biggest test for, for Brooklyn, and if they win this series, who's, who's beating them? Really, you think, you think Philadelphia with a hobble Joel Embiid is going to beat them? There's no way Atlanta beats them. Utah, I find it highly unlikely. Phoenix, the Clippers, I don't know. I, I think this is it. And there's a lot of people that seem to be picking Brooklyn in this one, and there's a lot of people that seem to be picking Milwaukee in this one. But... I, I I'm telling you, if they get by Milwaukee, and, and and I think they will, and I don't think they'll I don't think they'll see a game seven. Period. I think they just they just run through everybody. I don't think they see a game seven, the entirety of the postseason, and and I've heard a lot of it, and I, and I think it's fair. Well, it's bad for the NBA. It's it's bad for the NBA that you can just show up in the postseason. Because let's be fair, they didn't care about the regular season one iota. Show up for the postseason and potentially win a championship. But that's what that's what they're poised to do. 
But for my money, see, and this is interesting, because if they lose this series to Milwaukee, is it not fair to say this is a, a failed season? If you lose in the second round with this team, you failed. But you can also say that this is the, the biggest test that they're going to have. So you win this one, and you are clear-cut favorites to win the whole thing. And if you lose this one, you've had a, a disaster of a season. So th- there's a lot of intrigue, and that's a game you can watch uh, tonight at 7.30, game one of that series. So let, let's get into the Knicks and, and kind of do a, a recap, a postmortem, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I will start with this. I am disappointed the way it ended, uh, and very much so. We're going to line up the calls, 800-919-3776. Uh, we have a lot to get into today, like I mentioned. Certainly the Yankees, a uh, little bit of the Islanders. Uh, Mets lose again last night, although the, the Braves lose as well, so it's not not terrible. You're losing to a good team, at least. Um, there were actually almost no hit last night. I think there were no hit for for six full innings till Lindor got the hit. But, you know, I want to spend a lot of time on the NBA today, and I want to spend a lot of time on the Knicks. And, and it's twofold for me. Firstly, don't lose sight of the fact there's two separate stories here. Uh, story one is this was a tremendous, rousing success of a season. Okay? You might not feel like that right now. You might look at it at the moment and say, yeah, but we were humiliated. Yeah, but, you know, at home against a team that we thought we could compete against, we couldn't, and we had our manhood taken away, and Clint Capella made these statements and backed them up on our home court, and all those things are true. All those things are true. But this was a tremendous season for this team. So, so that's for starters. Don't lose sight of that. I, I know it's not easy this morning. Look at, look at what this was. This was a team that was expected to win 25 games. If they would have won 30 games, you would have been excited about the direction of this club. They won 41 games. Remember, it was if we could just get near the, the little play-in tournament, it's a success. Then it was, well, we better make the play-in tournament. And then it was, well, we better not make the play-in tournament. We better be a legitimate top six seed. You were the four seed. You had home court advantage. So please, really, as you sit here and you reflect and you look back at what this season was, just remember what a success, in fact, it was. So I want to leave that there. And then I want to get into what this team did in the postseason. Game five disappointed me greatly, greatly. They're not as talented. We know that. We thought it might be the case. Everyone that had this, oh, it'd be a tremendous disappointment. A, a tremendous disappointment if they don't win this series. What, what is the matter with you? Look, look at the talent on the other side and look at the talent on the next. And we got fooled. We got duped. We got duped into believing that Reggie Bullock was a guy that, against legitimate competition in a best of seven series, was going to be a real guy. We, we got duped in, into thinking that... Julius Randle, and maybe he, he will be better when they eventually bring a point guard in here, but we got duped into thinking that when a team has, has time to game plan to slow down Julius Randle, that they can't do it. Because you know what the answer is? And the Hawks are certainly no great defensive-minded team. The truth is, the Knicks were not great. The truth is, the Knicks did it with smoke and mirrors for almost the entirety of the season. But I think there's a positive that comes out of this. Now, I was disappointed in the series. You win game one. And maybe you have a different series, but I don't think so. Because the, the talent level on the other side and just the fact that they were able it's so much easier for Atlanta to get shots off in the series. It's so much easier for Atlanta just to get good, clean looks because you have the point guard. Look at how hard it was every time the Knicks got the ball. It's so difficult just for them to get a good look. And for Atlanta, even if they don't score, they can get a wide-open three whenever they want. Bogdanovich. 
Hunter, Trey Young, Gallinari, you name it. That guy is just, he's wide open whenever they want. But I think what this does for the Knicks in the future is I, I think that, and, and you're going to hear me say this, and I know immediately you're going to, oh, how could you say that? But I think everyone's, everyone's available on this team. N- nobody on this team that I look at is untradeable. You say, but R.J. Barrett is 20, and, and I like R.J. Barrett. And I don't want to trade R.J. Barrett. But if I need to trade R.J. Barrett to bring in a star player, would I trade him? Yeah. Yeah, of course I'm going to trade him. I don't want to trade Julius Randle. I think Julius Randle is either he's, he's a two uh, on a good team. He's a three on a on a great team. He he is not a one. And you saw how hampered he was by not having the point guard. But if it means that I have to trade Julius Randle, who's shown what kind of a good player he can actually be in this league, to better my team, would I do it? Absolutely. So we, we got a lot of calls this week on DCR, which, of course, is our morning show you can hear every weekday, Monday to Friday. We got a lot of calls. You know what? This is what happens. This is it's baby steps. You know, Milwaukee struggled early on in the postseason. And look at them now. The Bulls struggled early on in their postseason. And look at them now. Like, this is what happens, guys. Teams have growing pains. No, this team is not the Bulls. This team is not the Bucks. And, and don't be surprised if not any one guy on this team is not here next year. I mean, Bullock, Burks, Milikina, you, Kevin Knox, you name them. I don't know that Mitchell Robinson will be here, Todd Gibson, I, 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 Nerlens Noel, Randall, Barrett. I have no idea who will be here for next year. So don't give me, you know, you, you have to get, get through the growing pains in the postseason. No. You have to have a team that's competent and capable of winning in the postseason before you even go through the growing pains. The problem with the series and the problem with the season is that they shouldn't have been this good, and they were. And then you're disappointed at the way it ended. I get it, but be a little bit realistic. And that's where you should be. By today, you should be a little more realistic. The season has been over Thursday, Friday, and now here we are Saturday. So you're in your third day of mourning. And now it's time to kind of reflect back at what this was, what a success, in fact, this season was, and how you get better in the future. 800-919-3776. So we have a ton to do, like I mentioned. Um, I'm a little nervous for what we're going to do next. Because as you know, my dear producer, who I have not spoken with uh, in a couple weeks, we've texted, but no real phone conversation, is a Lakers fan. I don't know how he's feeling because I know he was very confident even heading into game five of that series. But the Lakers, like the Knicks, are no more. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. I don't like to admit this, but I, I will publicly on the air. And, um, and I, I missed you. I, I, I genuinely have missed you. I didn't talk to you for, for two full weeks now, although we have had some, some text exchanges, and I was very nice about the Lakers. I said nothing negative, and that is my esteemed producer, one Ty D. Butler. Good morning, Ty. Now, why would you be so against admitting that on the air publicly, that you missed me? What, what's wrong with missing one of your friends? Um, I guess there is nothing in, in theory, but you know, you and I have an adversarial kind of back-and-forth relationship, but I think there are those that listen to us go back and forth on Saturdays and think, well, maybe they don't like each other. And I, 
I want to put that to rest, and oh, I, yeah. I do like you, and I, I did miss you, and I, I'm glad that we're reunited today. We are here just to entertain the audience. I, I appreciate the fact that you did not reach out to me, what was that, Thursday night when the Lakers season ended, but I do find it odd because mm-hmm. yesterday I was inundated with texts, you know, people coming up to me. It was in the gym, people coming mm-hmm. up to me, phone calls, like Nick fans who are just – you know, celebrating the fact that the Lakers season is over and, and trying to rub it in my face. Like, I, I just... I didn't do that, though. Well, no, you said that you didn't, but you did hint, you hinted at that uh, prior to the commercial break. It, it's just weird to me why Nick fans are celebrating that. Like, what is... That's weird to me, too. Well, well, here's the thing. And I don't know that this is appropriate, but I think this is the rationale of the Knicks fan, is that we're so pathetic and have been so pathetic for so long. Mm-hmm. And you're so great and have been so great for so long and have the greatest player on the planet. And the fact that you lasted one more night than we did in the playoffs, it, it gives us solace in some way. Yeah, one I'm not more saying it makes night. sense, but I'm just saying that I think that's the rationale. And then, of course, the you add the context that they were without their second best player and their first, you know, their best player was, was compromised. So like Jake Montgomery, who I love here at the station, tweeting at me, guess who got eliminated in the same round as the Knicks? And it's the, the LeBron kick. Ray Santiago, who I also love, he's a great guy, tweeted, least I can say is that the Knicks did as well as the Lakers. Let me have this, man. Like, I don't understand. If we look back well, at— I just explained it to you. No, but but here here is the fact, Dave. Here's the fact, and this You're is why— You're deflecting, by the way, tremendously. Here's, here is— Because you know, you know what it is? Here's, here's how I see it. You're heartbroken. I you, am. You are but I, I, heartbroken. I'm heartbroken, but it gets capped because what I know is eight months ago they won the championship. So, like, this isn't do or die. This isn't make or break. Yeah, they got eliminated. It, it sucks. They they couldn't stay healthy this season. But they, they're eight months removed from a championship. They Listen, won. I understand. You're asking me for the rationale behind the, the Knicks fan being somewhat excited about this. I think it's inappropriate. I think it shouldn't be directed at you. It's not like this, it was the Celtics where that's a team you really can't stand. It's the Lakers yeah. where you really have, have no dog in the fight. Here's here. what I know, Dave, and, and this is why I can just kind of dismiss this conversation altogether. The last 21 years, the Knicks have won how many playoff series? See, why do you have to do this? Just, it, just, it, no. It's just a question. No. It's no, just not, a question. No. 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 It's just a question. No, I'm not, no, I'm not doing it, How Ty, many playoff series? Why, why do you need to make, like the Knicks fan, why do you need to make yourself feel better by belittling others? Why do you need to do it? No, it's not. Honestly, no, I don't want to hear you do this. <laughs> it's not that I I'm, don't want to hear you do it. It's not that I'm I, not. No, I'm not going to let you do it. I was so nice to you. I said how much I missed you. I, I don't want to take it back. Don't do this. Be better. But I'm just applying. Like I, I'm no. just explaining to you why I'm not heartbroken. But in the last 21 years, no, you've won one playoff not, series. It's not true. Just one. You're, you're heartbroken. Just it's one not playoff true. series. And I'll tell you how I know it's just not true. One. I'll tell you how I know it's not true. Okay? The Giants won the Super Bowl in 2007. Right? They beat the Patriots. It was a, 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 a one of the most heroic runs you've ever seen in the history of sport. In fact, you could argue... It's the greatest, most unheralded run we've ever seen in professional American sports. Really, it was at that level. Yes. Okay? You agree with that? Is that fair to say? I would agree. The next year, the Giants were 12-4, and four, had the one seed, lost at home to Philadelphia. That's the year that Plexico shot himself in the leg, yeah. and it still haunts me. But see, here's the difference between that and what I'm experiencing, because basketball and football are, are two completely different things. 
Would you say that next year the Lakers will enter the season as the favorites to come out of the Western Conference, assuming that the the you know the teams stay the way they are in the West, assuming that there's uh, yeah, no drastic change? Yeah, I think they will change. certainly be up exactly. there as one of the favorites. Exactly. So the yeah. Giants, were, the Giants didn't come into next season as, as this this favorite to come out the NFC. It was a magical run. You take it for what it was. You celebrate it. But then reality starts to set in. You know, Eli Manning, he's a top 10 quarterback, but he's not LeBron but in the, the NBA. But you the one seed the next year. So exactly. you're telling me because next year you know you're going to be good, it doesn't pain you as much? Yeah, because I, I, I still have the greatest player of all time employed by my team. I get it, and, and I love LeBron, and I defend him all the time. But when you, I'm telling you, man, when you have opportunities and you squander them, it, you never know when you're going to have another chance. One versus four. That's, that's the number I'm going to give you. You've won one playoff series the last 21 years. The Lakers have won four the last eight months. So you can't be a Knicks fan trying to troll me today. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to do it. I, and that's I at Ray that and Jake who really, I love. I like you, really Jake. I like you, Ray. But, I mean, don't tweet nonsense. Really but I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing well. I, I'm doing well today. How are you? How was your week off? I your your week weekend, off. your weekend off. I should well, say. if you were listening to the show in the first segment, I told you that, that I would have preferred to have done the show. I don't believe that. I, I think drove, you enjoy taking no, days off. No. I drove all the way out to Long Island on Saturday, all the way out to eastern Long Island for a baseball tournament. That we didn't get there. happen. It's pouring. We're there for about 45 minutes. Like, no, nope, it's canceled. We're done. Go home. <laughs> well, that's what baseball does. So you learn from the best. Uh, baseball, they, they rain out their games 10 minutes before first pitch. They allow their fans to get to, to the stadium, you know, but, buy you know, drinks and all that. What's frustrating to me is you, they knew it was going to pour. They knew. Like, Friday night we had a game. They called it before we went out there because they knew it was going to pour. The forecast was equally awful for Saturday, and they had us drive all the way out there. And then they're like, no, you know what? We can't play this. Go home. Yeah, that's frustrating. Very frustrating. Are you all excited for Stumper Rothenberg? Uh, oh, morning? I am. What, what are we, an hour and five an minutes and, and five. ten seconds away from Stump? When do you think you start getting your first calls? Uh, I would say about 9.56. So in the nine o'clock hour, it's gonna have a busy show. We got a lot. You you just did a, a bunch on the Knicks, and you know fans are. Oh, we got to get back to the Knicks. What, what did you What did you think about my take on the Knicks? That that first of all, don't I don't think anything is tied down here. I, I don't yeah. think there's any one player that that is untradeable. And you, you still have to look at this, this season as a tremendous success. Oh, it was a massive success. And I said before the playoffs started, regardless of what happened against the Hawks. That was not going to take away from that, though. It is very disappointing that you get into a series against a team that everyone in the fan base wanted to play against. And you felt like through two games, it was pretty evenly matched. It was split. This, the, I the had first my two concerns, games. to be honest with you. Yeah, there were concerns, but I, it was 1-1. One, one. Even, even, even through the first two games, Atlanta looked like the better team. It, it was 1-1 one, one heading into a game three on the road. Uh, and it's not like there is some massive home court advantage because you get a lot of a lot of Nick fans in Atlanta. But it's here's the thing. So that the Hawks, I I looked up this stat. The Hawks were 18th in in defensive efficiency in the NBA this year. They held the Knicks to 97 points per game in the series. Your offenses didn't show up offensively, but they're not a good offensive team. Yeah, but when when you're counting on Derrick Rose, here's the thing, and this is the truth of the matter. Julius Randle was awful. He was he was terrible. Trash. And and you can have excuses, and maybe they're valid. But at the end of the day, this is a star driven league. And mm-hmm. you need your stars to produce in the biggest moments. And Julius Randle, for as great as he was, and he was phenomenal in the regular season, was awful in the postseason. And if you want to say it's because he doesn't have a point guard, you want to say whatever it is and have the excuse of that, that's fine. But the bottom line is he was putrid in this series. And now you putrid. wonder. 
what was it a 71 game sample size where now we look at it as an aberration because this is a guy who's playing on his third NBA team in what seven seasons so at, at 26, is he all of a sudden going to be able to stumble upon greatness where he ascends to the top 15, top 20 players on the NBA hierarchy? I mean, I would say that that's unlikely. But you look, at, you look at the season and you say, well, was it, you know, was it fluky? Because we, what we just saw in the, in the playoffs, I get it's his first playoff series, but he looked like he didn't even belong on the court. He was awful. He was awful. And but, it was Trey Young's first. I defend him a little bit. It I mean, was Trey Young's first playoff series. He gave you thirty and ten. But you know, okay, but but come on. First of all, Trey Young as the point guard has his, the ball in his hands the the entire game. And look at look at the talent around him. I get it. Look, I mean, I understand. We said this on the show on DCR this week, and I think I brought it up. If you were drafting between these two teams, five of the first six guys would be Hawks. One thousand percent. Six guys would be Hawks. But I will say that there were pe- I, I listened to the station a ton. There were people who did say coming into this series they thought Julius Randle was the better player. You know, I don't, and I don't even think that's a crazy take. No, it is crazy. No, I don't think it's, so. It's lunacy. Cra- cra- better than Trey Young? That Julius Randle's a better player than Trey Young? I don't, I don't no, think that's a crazy was, take coming into the series. It was insane. Well, then you're, you're, you're smarter than everybody else. You're smarter than me. Because I, I didn't think coming into that series that was such a, a clear-cut, obvious answer. And he got thoroughly outplayed. And thoroughly And you outplayed. thought that the worst-case scenario was what? He could be the second-best player to Trey Young? And he wound up being, what, closer to fifth or sixth in the he series? He was terrible. He, he was nothing short of terrible in this series. All right, so here's what we got to do. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get to a lot of your Knicks calls, 800-919-3776. Um, Stump Rothenberg, of course, at 1030 this morning. Uh, we, we have a lot to do, people. We got to get into the Islanders a little bit and your your nerves for that. We, we have to get into uh, the Yankees, and they are uh, they are a dumpster fire at this point. Really. I mean, you know, they, they lose on Monday, and then they win Tuesday, Wednesday, and you finally think to yourself, all right, you know what, we're, we're, we're back. Now we have Garrett Cole on the mound. Then we'll kind of win two out of three against the Red Sox. Okay, Cole is, is not good. Then they lose last night. The game is over in the first inning. Do you really see them winning the next two against Boston? I don't know. I think there's real legitimate concerns. We're, we're not May 1 at this point. We're June 5th. I mean, the halfway mark of the season is, is three and a half weeks away. We have played a lot of games. The Yankees are not a very good baseball team, so we'll get there. We have a lot to do. It's a busy show. And I have a question, uh, not a sports-related question, really a, a life question that I need to ask Ty to, to have him kind of direct me in the appropriate way. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Uh, Hinky Haynes, who is a big fan of the show, uh, DCR and, and the Dave Rothenberg Show, tweets in. And, and I, I think he's good. I, I just disagree. Winning 41 games in a regular season of a sport that doesn't play its best players until the playoffs is not an accomplishment. Once teams started trying against the Knicks and Julius Randle, they got absolutely exposed. When you're the laughing stock of the league for 10 years, when your over-under is to win 22 games, when the thought of you making it into the legitimate playoffs is almost... An afterthought when you come into the season, winning 41 games and getting the four seed is an accomplishment. You want to say that that for the Lakers, it's not. You want to say for the Celtics, it's not. You want to say for 20 of the 30 teams in the NBA, it's not. Fine. For the Knicks, it is. It is. I'm sorry. When, when you can walk over the bar of expectations, 
when the thought is, if this team wins 30 games, Thibodeau's done a phenomenal job, and you win 41, it's a phenomenal season. I don't care if the other teams don't play, play their G League teams every game. When you're that bad for that long, and this is how you respond, it's a successful season, and it's impressive. Let's go to the calls. Craig in Jersey. Craig, you're first up on a Saturday at 98.7 ESPN. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, just calling up. I was uh, extremely, uh, you know, disappointed in regards to how the game resulted on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the takeaway from this season was that, you know, we have the right management, the right coaching in place. Um, yeah, I'd like for them to bring back, you know, at least, you know, a couple of the guys that are on the roster now. Uh, but who, who do you need, to see, who do you need to see returning here, Craig? Who, who are the guys that you look at and you're like, I need to see I, you that know guy what? back they, they, need a, they need a three-point shooter. They, I, I think they should keep Bullock. Bullock, they should, you know, if they could retain Rose, that would be fantastic. I, lo- I, I agree like with you that. on Rose. I- I'm telling you that Reggie Bullock, and he had a good season, and I and I like him. It- Reggie Bullock on a good team plays 16 minutes a night and comes off the bench. I just don't want them to trade the entire farm system or all of our guys just for Damian Lillard. I understand he's a star player, but they were going back to the mellow trade. All those years. Wait, wait, ha- ha- if I included Reggie back. Bullock in a trade for 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 Damian Lillard, you 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 would have a problem with that? Oh no, no, I wouldn't have a problem with that. But I'm just talking about like the multiple the multitude of first round draft picks that we would have to include in that when we've done a pretty good job building so far. You know, Ob looked like he was showing some stuff in the uh, he did I agree playoff. You know, um, you know they have a ton of assets coming up. And, um, you know, I just I just feel like, you know, they, they're headed in the right direction. I, I think they're headed in the right direction, but let me interrupt you. You say, you say, and this is a quote from you, Craig, they have a ton of assets coming up. You mean in the draft or you mean young players that you look at and you're excited about? Well, the draft and then the young players as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. And thanks for the call. I mean, listen, I, I, I think that Obi Toppin got better as the season went along, but I don't I don't know that he could have gotten worse. I mean, he was he, honestly he was unplayable for almost all the season. Now he was one of the the few bright spots in the playoffs, and I have to think, and I think it was Bobby Marks who said this to us, that don't believe what you're seeing from him right now. A full training camp, a full off season, and he's going to be a much better version of himself next year. So that that's exciting to think about. I like what quickly brings to the table, but please, and and I think the best thing about getting hammered in this playoff series was that you shouldn't have this idea that they're a, 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 little, a little tweak away. They're, they're not a little tweak away. They're far away. They are. You could have played the Hawks in 10 series, and I don't know if you would have won any of them. There's that much of a, a difference in talent between these two teams right now. Let's go to uh, Fred in Fresh Meadows. Fred, you're on 987 ESPN. Hey, Dave, thanks for taking my call. Uh, So I've been watching the Knicks for roughly 60 years, and I can tell you that unequivocally, this has been one of the most rewarding seasons I have ever experienced as a fan. And I do consider what they accomplished uh, during the regular season, that that it was indeed a real accomplishment. And, you know, for all the people who are bashing Randall, saying, uh, you know, look, look how he's exposed in the playoffs, I think there's something else going on because if you look at the end of the season, starting with uh, Memphis, I think it was, uh, his shooting really hit it south. 
in like the last eight or nine games. And I don't know whether he was just gassed at that point, whether he sustained some kind of injury or maybe a combination of the two, but his shooting really headed south. And, you know, I think people tend to overlook, too, that man, he was a monster on the boards. He was, he was grabbing about 12 rebounds a game. He was fighting in there all the time. And as far as the Knicks being so inferior to Atlanta, playoffs, as you know, it's all about matchups. And I think Mitch there would have, been, would have made a difference. I'm not saying they would have won for sure. But the bottom line is, I agree with you, you know, willing to entertain trades. But I'm a little reluctant to just pass on what's happening with the young guys right now. I'd rather give them more of a chance to develop because what are the Knicks going to do that puts them beyond the big three in Brooklyn? And big three is going to be there at least another couple of years. So if you can't get a championship, what's the point of, like, trading with a lot of young talent? Well, I, I guess you have to determine, thanks to the call, Fred, how good this young talent is going to be. Like, if you look at Obi Toppin and say, you know what, he's, he's a real piece, and, and we're excited about him, and we think that he's going to go for 15-10 and 10, uh, starting in a couple of years, and, and we would never entertain unless we get overwhelmed trading him, okay, that's fine. But if you look at him realistically now, and I think this is what good organizations do, say, you know what, we made a mistake. He's not the answer. If there's a team out there willing to give us something legitimate in return, then maybe we'll entertain that. And I'm not saying you go out there and you trade everything that's not nailed down. I'm saying you listen. I'm going to listen. You're going to call me from Portland. You know what? I want Damian Lillard. Let's talk. I don't know. Do you make a play for Chris Paul? Do you make a strong play for Lillard? Do you... Gosh, I don't even know. I mean, you need a point guard. Do, do you make the play for Lonzo Ball? You need a point guard. You cannot go into next season with Alfred Payton and Frank Nilakina and and Derrick Rose. You you just you cannot. So I, I don't know how you change it immediately, but it, it can't be like that. Look around at any of these teams. Any, any team that has success in the postseason has a point guard. Look look at what the Hawks were, Trey Young, right? I mean, you need someone to be your predominant ball handler, whether they're the official point guard or the LeBron James version of point guard. You need someone that's going to facilitate the offense. And the Knicks don't have that. And it's clear as day that it's not Julius Randle. 800-919-3776. Spike in St. Petersburg. It's still it's still new to me to say it, Spike. But good morning. How are you? Good morning, my friend. Uh, I'm terrific. I'm really terrific. Glad that you're back. I'm sorry about that three-hour trip. Those things suck. Uh, anyway, here's what I see. The Knicks, uh, I told Ty, the Knicks were not a fourth seed. They achieved the fourth seed. They probably, of the 16 teams that were seeded, had the 15th or 16th best or worst talent. You know, they were limited, very limited. They played hard. They were burnt out, spent is the word. And I would expect no more no more than five guys to return. And there's been a lot of banter and chatter about Kawhi Leonard and Damian Lillard. Fine, fine. That's like, uh, you uh, you know, Ben and Alex getting scholarships to Harvard. That's just, that's, you, know, you don't turn that down. Whether do they, it happens do they give out team. Harvard scholarships? I don't know that that's a thing, Spike. I think they do academically. No, maybe oh. not athletic. I think academically you do. But anyway, that's okay. me. I'm just trying to make an analogy. Listen, I watched two games in the last three days that I saw stars perform. Kawhi Leonard and Devin Booker had brain-stopping performances and stars shine in the playoffs. The Knicks didn't. The Randall at best to me is a three. 
because ISO players do not win in these type of situations unless you're an all-time great player, Colby or Michael, that type of guy. So, listen, we had a great year. We look forward to watching these games. Let's shake it up now. Now, Leon and World Wide West and, yeah, and, and what's the Perry. Yeah, yeah I, I, agree, I agree work, with you. Yeah. I, I, Spike, and thanks for the call. I could not agree with you more. Get, now get to work. You know what? You had a great year. The, the Alec Burks of the world, phenomenal. Get to work. Um, Ty, I have, a, uh, I have a question for you. I would like to. Uh, How like to, to, to So I want you to think about this. Okay. I don't do want it. you just to. No, that's a stupid idea. Or, you know, it's a, I want you to really give some thought. Okay. You want me to ponder? I want you to ponder. Okay. Pontificate on this. Okay. We talked about it on DCR. I don't know if you heard it or not. I'm seriously contemplating. Okay. Going on cameo. I'll sit on it. Okay. I'm. I'm. And and I and then you know Rick because Rick can be very mean and negative. Oh, nobody wants to hear from you. <laughs> Imme- immediately, I got at least seven tweets. If you go on, I will. I will purchase immediately. Okay. I've I've got an answer, but I don't, you, so, I don't so know. So you you know you have an so yes. so it's a it's a well thought out answer. I I think so. I, I, you're going to be mean. Uh, we'll see what happens. Well, wh- where are you where are you leaning? I'm not going to tell you. you you're not going to you're not going to tip your hand think on it. Yeah, but you have your answer. I, I wanted do. you to think. But is there a chance that your answer changes over the commercial break? I don't think so. You don't. But it might become more sophisticated. So you think you could really add some impressive work? Yes. Did you hear what I did yesterday on DCR? What'd you do? It was it was nothing short of sensational. I see you went like three and two in Stump Rothenberg. That's not sensational. This past week, not yesterday. See, I don't know why you would do that. <laughs> I, I'm re- I'm uncertain. Sometimes oh. you get you get too high on yourself. I gotta humble you just a little bit. But I don't know why you would do that. What? So so we're talking about. I don't know how this came up because anything can come up between five and eight in the morning. You agree with that, right? Yes. I mean, a- anything. Anything. So I was telling the guys that I think I would be a terrific burglar. <laughs> right, just like I could quietly go tiptoe in, and 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 they're like, no, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be a good burglar. You'd, you'd go and you turn the TV on. I was like, I wouldn't turn the yeah, TV yeah. on. I don't think so either. And but then I me. said, I said, I really believe that I could burgle with the best of them. And Canty was like, burgle? Are you making up words? And he he admonished me. I looked it up. Burgle is a word, <laughs> and I used it. So accurately, it was insane. Now, is this the first time you've ever used that word? The, yeah. I thought it was a word. I wasn't sure. And then he said it was not. So I was like, oh, man, that stinks. I looked it up. It's a word. Burgle. Oh. You just went with it. Like, did it just come it. naturally? Or was this something that you had thought about, like, you know, seconds before it came out your mouth? Uh, sec- seconds before, but not, 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 not much beyond that. But and I you was just like, went you know, for it. I said, I, I could burgle with the best of them. And they, they, they jumped on. Burgle? All of them. I, There's I, zero chance I would burgle a house. I, I would say, so that's impressive because I consider myself to have a, a pretty good command of the English language. I had never heard that word before. But but don't you see what we do and what I do specifically? You're a genius. This, and no, this would be great about on that. Cameo. This would be forget, excellent on Cameo. But forget about that. But I educate. Like, if nothing else, even if you're like, boy, these guys, their sports takes stink, which I don't think is true. You come away from the show yesterday learning new vocabulary. New words, yep. You're now a smarter person just for listening to our show. How many shows can say that? And you get the special edition of the trivia segment with Stump Rothenberg, not just once but twice a week. There you go. So you get, you get it, it on Wednesday, in the morning. 
And you'll be happy to know, because I think you take tremendous pride in Stump Rothenberg. It does very well in the Wednesday ratings. Uh, I, uh, of course it does. Uh, of course. I, look, that to me, and I've said this before, but just to remind the audience, I think it's the best segment on the radio. It's like the best specialty so benchmark segment. So sweet of you. Not like of any segment. I'm not including interviews and, you know, uh, uh, No, like every Saturday at 1030, you know this is what you're yes. going to get. Like specialty benchmark segments. As good segments as it gets. Sweeping the nation. You're, you're such a kind, generous soul. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. He's pompous. Listen, shut up, and I'll tell you the story. He's arrogant. Do you think there's a lot of things out there that I wouldn't be good at? And sometimes he's downright mean. I know you know what that's like, to be that uncomfortable, pimply-faced, not very popular kid. (laughs) But now it's your chance to prove him wrong. It's dumb. Call 800-919-3776 with your question, and let's stump Dave Rothenberg. You can try. Some have succeeded. Most have not. Stumper Rothenberg brought to you by the law offices of the great Andrew M. Cohen and also brought to you by the great people and the great service at Bet MGM Sports. Ty, what's our standing as we enter another week of Stumper Rothenberg? We come into today, how about this, 181 and 44. 181 and four. that's that is some kind of record, Ty. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not too shabby. What's that plus 137 if my math is correct? Wow, that's big numbers. That's All right, you ready to have at it today? I am ready to have at you it. You missed it last week, didn't you? Uh, I, I'm be honest, candidly, I, I didn't really think about it too much. Oh, that's hurtful, Mike. You were here last week when Anita was filling in. I was. Uh, did she do her stump mark segment? No, we didn't have we didn't have the time to. We had all Knicks calls. Knicks fans were very upset with what was going on with the series. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean you didn't you didn't, you didn't do? No, we didn't. Um, Mike. Mike. Why? Stump Rothenberg. Question marks is a Saturday morning staple. It is, but sometimes you have to scrap it. Oh no! I. You know what? I can't believe those words just came out of your mouth. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that, and we'll move along. 800-919-3776. Let's go to a man that's been on hold for nearly an hour that loves Stump Rothenberg more than anyone, Fran in Massapequa. Good morning, Fran. Good morning, Dave. You're the man. So proud to be on your show. You're a legend. Now, you know I'm going to go on Cameo, Fran. Are you going to, uh, are you going to purchase a Cameo for me? I would definitely do You're a legend. I would definitely do it. I, it's, it's, it's a must. It's a Beautiful. must. Must see. Beautiful. Must listen. But I have another way for you to make a ton of money. Five dollars, uh, you do people's voicemails. That oh. would be incredible. Hi, this is Dave. You've reached. You know, do your thing. Do your little bills. It would be incredible. I'd there buy you that go. in a second. You, you've reached Fran. Unfortunately, right. I'm not available to take your call. Please leave a message at the beep. Oh, I'd be great at that. All right, Fran, what do you got today? All right, my man. You ready for this one? Yeah, where are you going? I, where are you go going? I, where are you going, Fran? Where are you going? I'm going, geolo- uh, I'm going geography. Okay. I thought you were going to go geology I and I was going to be in big trouble. All right, all right, you ready for this one? Yeah. What is the most populous state capital in the country? So that is population. What is the most populous 
state capital in the country? I think it's Phoenix. Final answer. Final sir? answer. Final answer. Uh, come on, this is ridiculous. Phoenix, Arizona. Dave, you're you're a legend. You're unbelievable. That's one to know. This is what honest. I do. I was a little nervous just now. Why? When he when he said that he had an idea for how you could make some more money on the side. I didn't know where he was going to go. Well, he didn't go in any place that was, uh, 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 you know, too bad. Um, all right, let's go. Let, we're one to know. The record improves. Roman in the car. Uh, Roman, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Dave, what's up, buddy? My guy Roman. Is this my guy? This is your guy. Who else uh. would it be? How many Romans do you know? Uh, not many, not many. I know Roman Polanski. Yeah, no, that's not me. I'm okay, sorry. well, go ahead, Roman. What do you got? <laughs> All right, I'm going to go TV. Ready? Yeah. There have been 10 Oscar-winning guest stars on the show Friends. Can you name three of them? Um. So Bruce Willis has been on. This is a good question. Brad Pitt. I thought it was a tough question. Yeah, this is a good question. Brad Pitt, I know, has been on. George Clooney has been on. Was Robin Williams ever on? Reese Witherspoon, did she win an Oscar? All right. So let's let's think here now. Um, I think George Clooney has won an Oscar. I'm going to go with George Clooney. That's one. You got one. Okay. Whether Reese Witherspoon has won an Oscar, I think I think Brad Pitt has won an Oscar. I, I believe that he has. I'm going to say Brad Pitt. That's two. God, who else has Helen Hunt won an Oscar? Got it. Julia Roberts. Boom. That's three. Boom. Aaron Brockovich, Julia Roberts. Boom. I, I got to tell you, and thanks for the call, Roman. I, I got to tell you, that was a phenomenal question, Ty. Phenomenal. It, it was great. And I was ner- I was concerned because we know that you are anti-multiple answer questions. Yeah, and and I am. One. I am. But he didn't ask for too many. Like, there's ten he asked for, for three and I just thought the question was really, really well constructed. Even I mean, if I would have gotten that wrong, I would have loved that question. I knew I you would appreciate the, it. You, you don't know the other seven, do you? No, I don't. I, that's why I was wishing, um, I wish that we had let him stay on the line. Oh. Well, he can text me. He's, he's a buddy. I know uh, I know Roman. He used to work at the station. You yeah, remember Roman? He actually um, left right before I got here. Oh, you know, g- great guy. Uh, all right, well, 2 and 0, Ty, 2 and 0. Steve in Brooklyn. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Good, good. And we are still running the t- the college uh, part two part with of the show, cor- right? Of, co- of course. Part two is the where did so I go to college. That is a staple going forward, huh? Okay, okay. All right. So since we didn't have you last weekend, I do have to ask my m- Memorial Day topical question today. Okay. Who was the last active World War II veteran to have played in the major leagues? Hmm. Ted Williams? Um, 
because there's there's a ton that, that played, but it's got to be someone who who was, who was early on in his. Because I know Hank Greenberg, but he was older. Renee Yogi Berra. Bob Feller did in the Battle of the Bulge and earned the Purple Heart. Um. Gosh, there's so many. Uh, it, Yogi Berra played for a long time, but. Feller did also. I'm going to say Bob Feller. Because I know he was very young in World War II. Final answer? Final answer. So it's not Bob Feller. Oh. This guy was nicknamed Old Sarge, and he didn't retire until 1972. Hoyt Wilhelm. All right. That's, that's a nice question. I didn't get it right. But but I believe Bob Feller was it, certainly involved in uh, in world war ii all right you know it's a good question it's a fair question i didn't get it right that happens uh we'll put him on hold we'll bring him into the college uh questioning coming up a little bit later uh let's go to uh chris and beth page chris really appreciates stump rothenberg as well good morning chris uh, good morning dave really missed you last week nothing more depressing than hearing dancing queen at 901 instead of panama that's oh, what I'm saying. I'm sorry. I apologize. A, I love Anita. Don't get me wrong. I love the whole show, but I I understand. All right, All right what do you got? When I don't hear Panama, yeah, okay. Anyhow, Dave, um, where are we going here, Chris? Where are we going? We're going. We're going right in your wheelhouse. Right in there. We're going Giants trivia. Oh, all right. Yes. All Giants. Yep. Now in the Super Bowl era, who scored the first touchdown for the Giants in the playoffs? In the Super Bowl era. Right, because I'm not going back to the 20s and the sneaker game and this and that. I'm going in the Super Bowl era. Who scored the first touchdown for the Giants in the playoffs? <sighs> All right, so that's got to be 81. And that's got to be the Eagles game. You're eight years old watching it with your dad. And, I rem- and I'll always remember. Giants recovering a fumble in the corner of the end zone, and I believe it was Mark Haynes to put the Giants up 20 to nothing in the first quarter. But the answer, right. I believe you're trying to trick me here because I believe he was a a punt returner who would never call for a fair catch. Leon Bright. Dave, you're unbelievable. I knew you would get it. And I Neon Leon, and if memory serves correctly, wore number 45 out of Florida State with the New York football Giants. That's impressive right there. You like that? I like that. Yeah. And there we go. So what are we, 3-1? and 3-1. He did um, wear number 45, so you are correct. And I believe never called for a fair catch. Like, guy would be, be like eight inches away from him. He'd catch and he would get mauled. He would never, ever call for a fair catch. So you think that this is a stat? Like zero I believe. I, I, yeah, I believe he never called for a fair catch. Neon, Leon, Bright. Remember him vividly. All right, quick break. What are we, four, three and one? We are three and one, my friend. That's, that's pretty nice. Three and one. Not bad. That's really good. And we're back for the second round. Of Stumper Rothenberg. 800-919-3776. We'll do a couple of regular questions, and then we'll do where did this guy 
go to college. Ty, where did we leave off? We're three and one, correct? Yes, a, a very lousy three and one. My friend. Not lousy at all. And I, I don't like your negativity. Um, are you participating, or you're just doing the barrage? I'll do the, the barrage. You know, I all like right. to call it a machine gun, but yes. Okay, eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. In fact, we do have one open line, which is surprising. Let's go to Dwayne in Jersey. Dwayne, you're on Stump Rothenberg. All right. I've stumped you twice so far, so this one, I don't have know. I, have I gotten you at all or no? Um, no, I've only called in twice. I've only and I'm 0-2 against and I've stumped you? Twice. I got the Kramer. You remember the Kramer apartment question? Yes. You said who I did, who did he uh, lease it yeah. from? Yes. And you said Paul Buckman was the yes. answer, correct? Yes, exactly. All right. Exactly. All right. So this one might be a little bit easier. This one is uh, music medium trivia. All right. So the question is, what was the very first CD pressed in the United States? In the U.S., huh? So you're implying that there were others. Yeah. Is it born in the USA? That is correct. You yes. Yes. That, that's pretty good. You know, I like to tease you a lot, but I mean, that that's awesome. And I think it was 84. 80, I think it was 84, yeah. So you're impressed by that. I I'm finally a, impressed you, I'm huh? I'm impressed by that. You know how, like, in basketball, the, the the analyst would say, that was great defense. There's nothing you could do. You just take your hat off to the offensive player. He just so that was it. Play. That, that was that. That was just that was just great knowledge, yeah. and there's nothing that can be done there. Nothing you can do. All right, uh, four and one. We continue along. Dino in the Bronx. Good morning, Dino. Good morning, Dave. Um, you sound like you're in a good mood, so I'm going to ask you how you're doing today. <laughs> Uh, well, listen. The, the more questions I get right, the better mood I'm in. I'm I'm four and one. I'm in a really good mood. All right, let's see if we can keep it going. Um, Where are we going here? What, what's your What's your topic? Are uh, you gonna get Google ready? Uh, baseball. You know what? I don't. I don't need that. Do you know? You You, you think I Google right, in just right, baseball right. by asking the topic? Uh, Come on, don't I, be a bad I guy. I know you're good. I know you're good. Don't be a bad guy. All right, so we're going baseball. Go ahead. I'm not. I'm not. I know you're a good guy. Um. Okay. Who is the only catcher with a season of 20 or more home runs and 20 or more stolen bases. Maybe Pudge? Um, it's not Piazza. No, I don't want the... I, I think it's... I think it's Pudge Rodriguez. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm right. Yeah, I, I was I was pretty confident. There we go. There we go. That's that's five and one, Ty. Five and one. What do you think about that? I'm impressed, my man. Are are you ready for the machine gun style rapid fire? Where did this guy go to college? We can do it. Let's do it. I mean, we, we could we could legitimately wind up twelve and one here today. I mean, don't don't count your chickens too quickly. It's, I said it's a po it's distinctly possible. All right, uh, let's go to Mike first. Mike, go ahead. You said you had a, a couple here. Where did this guy go to college? Mike Muscala. So I, he went to like a Lehigh or a Bucknell. I just have to remember where he went. Muscala went to Bucknell. Yeah, you got it. I always get those two confused, but there we go. So Mike Muscala, Bucknell. Um. So there, that's another correct answer. Uh, let's continue on the phone. Steve in Brooklyn, uh, the only one to stump me so far today, Steve. Let's see if you could actually pull off the very rare daily double. Go ahead. 
it, it's not very rare. It's actually never been done, so it's impossible. Like really? Uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah, never been done by anybody. Michael Jordan stopper, Byron Russell. <sighs> Did he go to Long Beach State? Did he go to... He went something like that. Was it Long Beach State? Um, where did he go? It's something like, ugh, God, I think, I think it's Long Beach State. That's the only thing, it's like a, he didn't go to Utah State. It's one of those teams out there, Long Beach State, uh, Utah State. I, I think it's Long Beach State. I'm pretty confident that that's right. Final, final answer, answer I imagine, final. right? Final answer, yeah. You got it, Dave. College impossible. You got it. There you go. So never been done. I didn't even realize that. Ty, never been done that you've stumped me with the first round and the second round. Yeah, it's never happened before. Never, never been done. Let's go to uh, Sal and Duchess. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, guys. And Ty, don't cut yourself short. You're going to be a celebrity any day now. Don't yeah, worry about that. Exactly. He's on the verge of you, superstardom. Go ahead, Sal. What do you got? You. Okay. Uh, just real quick. Uh, with that French question, there was uh, Robin Williams, Reese Witherspoon, and Sean Penn that I could think of that were there that won an Oscar. Well, there you go. Nice. Okay. Thanks um, for the help. Yeah, the other thing was Sidney Moncrief. What do, you, what do you mean the other thing is Sidney Moncrief? That's where he went to college. What, what's where he, Oh, you, you want me to tell you that he went to Arkansas? Is that what you're saying? Okay, buddy. I'll see you on Wednesday. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> the other thing is Sidney Moncrief. <laughs> <laughs> so you want me to tell you that? That's very clever on your part. You like that? That, that was cute. That was yeah, cute. this is what I do. You ready, um, buddy? You ready? Yep. What, what, how many are we going here? So we are eight and one. We typically go five. So let's okay. do it. All right, All right. Let's start with NBA champion Kyle Lowry. Of Villanova. Uh, that would be correct. Uh, this guy is, I mean, one of the worst players in the league. Kyle Kuzma. Utah. That's correct. Uh, this guy got dunked on by my guy Kobe Bryant, Gerald Wallace. That's a tough one. I no, but he's SEC. Um, that I know. Gerald Wallace is he Alabama? Is he Mississippi State? I think he's Alabama. Is that your final answer? Final answer. Are you sure? Oh God. Yeah, because you wouldn't do it like this if I was wrong. And yes, you are correct. Three and zero, yeah. baby. Kyle Corver. I think he went to Creighton. Kyle Corver. I'm confident he went to Creighton. Yeah, he did. He went to Creighton. I'm, I'm sure of it. Yes. Okay, and you would be correct. That's 4 0. And one more. The last one. It's a very, very tough one for you. Is it really? It's probably not, but it was the only one I could come up with on the spot. He is Benjamin Gordon. He went to UConn. He did. And I believe he went to Mount Vernon High School. He also did. Yeah. So stop. You, you only get one for that. So you're 13 and one. So 13 and one. Game. So I said 12 and one is a possibility. And you said, well, don't count your chickens. Well, Can I count the chickens I just now? I wanted you to be cautiously optimistic. Might I count the chickens at this point? You shall, my friend. There we go. Chicken one, chicken two, all the way to 13 and one. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. I got um I, I was sent the information, Ty, about uh all ten guest appearances on the show Friends who have also won a an Oscar. Let's you want hear you it. want you want it, uh Fisher Stevens. 
Uh, I would have never gotten. I remember him being on Friends. I didn't know that he won for Best Feature Documentary, The Cove, in 2009. Uh, Helen Hunt, who I think I mentioned in going through, she won for As Good As It Gets. That's one that we clearly could have gotten. George Clooney, I think I got, right? You did. Julia Roberts, I got. Love Robin Julia Williams, um, of course, won for Goodwill Hunting, and he was on, I think with Billy Crystal he was on. Uh, I don't remember... I guess, yeah, I guess I do remember it now. Charlton Heston. Uh, I think he had a scene with Joey uh, for Ben-Hur. Reese Witherspoon, who I didn't know won a, an Academy Award, but clearly she was Rachel's sister on the show. Uh, she won for Walk the Line um, with Joaquin Phoenix. Susan Sarandon, um, she won for Dead Man Walking. Sean Penn, who won for Mystic River and Milk. Um, I think it was Phoebe's Boyfriend. And Brad Pitt, we we mentioned. And then, the most difficult of all of them, uh, a nervous passenger on the airplane, um, Jim Rash, sat next to Rachel and wrote the screenplay of The Descendants in 2011, which actually starred George Clooney. So there you have it. Comes full circle here. You know who else I think was in The Descendants? You can look this up. I believe that Aaron Rodgers... Fiance was also in The Descendants that played George Clooney's daughter in that movie. I will look it up. Shailene Woodley, I believe is her name. So there you have it. Oh, we really bring a lot of knowledge to the show. Do you know that? <laughs> uh, yes, it looks like she was. Uh, yes, she was in the film. So much knowledge to this show. It's really. It's, it, it, would you say that every show is dumb in comparison to this show? No, I would not no? go that far. Okay. That's not a very nice thing to say. Well, it's not meant to be nice. You yeah. also called me forty-five pounds overweight. Also, I mean, not it's a nice accurate. Thing to say. Yeah. We tell you know the what, truth it actually, on this show. It, it actually might be with exactly. the. You know what I'm supposed to weigh? One eighty-five. No, I don't think so. I, if you're if you're a five eleven like normal boned American man, I I think you're you're supposed to weigh like one sixty. No, that's. I'm that's, telling you. I mean, come on. I'm. I don't I, weigh one sixty. I'm looking it up right now. And I'm in pretty the good ideal, shape. The ideal. The ideal weight. For a for a male, five eleven is between one fifty five and one eighty. Yeah, that's bogus. It doesn't account for like muscle mass and and whatnot. No, I'm just I'm I'm telling that. you. So how, um, so where are you? So you're you're clearly north of two ten. Uh, right no, right around. I think a dip below. And about a year, a little more than a year ago, you were at two hundred flat. One ninety eight actually. One ninety eight. Yeah. Well, you knew we'd put some weight back on, but I'm, I'm actually back at it. I don't want to get into this. All right, leave me alone. 800-919-3776. Did you buy the treadmill yet? We have the treadmill. I've been on it one time. Just once? One time, yeah. That's embarrassing. Embarrassing. It's right there, right there for you. It's right there. And so did we get a mile, two miles, three miles? Like When we did the one time? Yeah. I think I did three and a half. Walking. There's no way you ran three and a half miles. What, what do you... What do you think I'm Alberto Salazar? No, I didn't run three and a half miles. I, I did like a run walk. Like run half a mile, walk half a mile, run half a mile, walk half a mile. You know what? You laugh at that. If you're doing that, if I did that five times a week, it would be unbelievable. Yeah, but you're not doing it five no, times I'm a week. No, I'm not. And I don't need you to take my – I'm not a puppy. I don't need you to take my, my nose and put it in, in, my, in my excrement. Leave me alone. <laughs> I just want to motivate you to be better. Marv in the Bronx. This is a guy that gets me. Good morning, Marv. You're on 9870 hey, SP. Hey, what's up, Dave? Where you been, Marv? You, where you Hello, been? I have, a, I have a new grandson. I makes 10 and 13 all together because I have three granddaughters. 
And I retired from the MTA, and I've just been hanging out. My wife and I are preparing to go to Africa next year, and um, so I'm doing all that. But I called in a couple of Saturdays, and you weren't on, so I figured you you, you resorted to the mornings. But I said, i got to check in with my man, because when I don't call you on a Saturday, I feel guilty. You should feel guilty. I expect If I'm on Saturday morning, I expect you to be with me every single show, Marv, every single one. I know. We made, we made the pack, man. You know? You, I love listening to you and uh, you and Ty and your, your, your diatribe that goes on. But here's the thing. You know I'm a diehard Yankee fan. I believe pinstripes, right? I've been a Yankee fan since 1964. I don't worry about this malaise. It's a long season. I know I'm being vanilla about it. And I know I'm being pedestrian about it. I, I, Marv, I got to be honest, man. I, I think you're wrong. I, I do. I, just, I don't think you they're always, that good. You always think I'm wrong. Well, no, that's not true. I, I, I mean, I think you don't think the Rays are a better team than the Yankees right now. We'll get them in the end. They're, they're we, we, Marv, like when was the last time you could say that? When was the last time you could say, "Yeah, don't it, worry, it, it, we'll, we'll get the Rays in the end"? You never beat them. Yeah, it, it, it has been a while, but I'm telling you, I'm gonna stick my neck out. You know, I spent. Hey, look, I'm used to sticking my neck out. I spent 11 months in combat, right? But I'm going to stick my neck out and say when, it's, when the dust clears, the Yankees will, will prevail. I know you don't believe that. Well, here, here's what I would say, Marv. Marv, why, why, when, now when you say this, do you mean they'll be a playoff team? Do you mean when the dust settles, they'll be a World Series caliber team? What, clarify what you're saying here as far as the Yankees. I'm telling you right now. I know it's time. My wife is a Mets fan, and she laughs. At, I'm telling you right now. When everybody gets healthy and the te- and the season gets in its real rotation, when it clears, I will have another ring as a fan. Oh boy, I'm so- I I, I got to be honest, Marvin. You know I love you. I find that very hard to believe. In, in fact, delusional. I think you're. I think, I think I'm not going to say you're delusional. It's not like you're an Orioles fan saying I'm going to have another ring. But as a Yankees fan, come on, come on. No, uh, listen, listen. Right, right now in the American League, uh, and thanks for the call, Marv. Are they? Are they? They're not better than Tampa. They're not. Listen, I, I, I think he's still better, more talented than Boston. But are you? Re- are you better than the White Sox? Are you really? Are you better than the Astros? Are you better than the A's? I was actually going to have the conversation with everyone. You know, he says we're we're, we're going to win again. Why would you think that? Other than just just blind hope and blind faith, what leads you to believe that the Yankees are going to win again? In fact, I, I would almost go the other way. Do you have you changed your expectations with the Yankees? Where you look at them and you say, "Listen, I I just I don't expect to win a World Series," because I would be more in line with that than I would be they're going to win again. What leads you to believe they're going to win the World Series? They haven't been to the World Series in over a decade. And at the end of the day, when we get healthy, you know what? Deal with this. Every team, Verlander's out, right? Ver, Verlander's out. And, and they're managing to win games there. Every team has injuries. That, that's where we are in Major League Baseball. The Mets, I, I mean, they don't have anybody. They, they had to play their catcher at first base. They were so banged up. And, and you don't hear excuses. All right, Mets lost to San Diego last night. You know, second time in a row. DeGrom on the mound tonight. This is what happened. This is baseball. Bryce Harper's been out. Juan Soto's missed time. Mike Trout's out for extended time. That's not like you're missing everybody. Stanton is back. 
Judge is playing. LeMahieu is playing. So who, who are you? You said when, when we get healthy. Who are you missing? Luke Voigt? Who else are you missing? Aaron Hicks? You're going to sit here and tell me that not having Aaron Hicks is a tremendous loss? Give me a break. No, I don't I don't I think it's changed. I I don't even look at the Yankees as a legitimate World Series kind of team right now. And and I guess I could change as we move towards the the latter half of the season, but right now, uh-uh. I I will tell you this. I will make this statement. I think there's a better chance that the Yankees miss the postseason altogether than win the World Series. How about that? 800-919-3776. I just don't think they're very good. And you say, well, you know, when we get to the crux of the season, you're two plus months in now. You're not nine and nine. You've played 55 games. And you're four and a half games behind Tampa. And Tampa's better than you. And you say, well, when we get healthy, you're not all that banged up right now. You're not, listen, yes, Kluber. Yes, Britain. Voight. But look at, I mean, look at a lot of teams are, are missing that and more. Chris Sale hasn't pitched one pitch for the Red Sox. And you know what? They're ahead of you. So I I don't want to hear these excuses. I just don't think the Yankees are that great. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. The Brooklyn Nets in the game starting tonight, 730 uh, against Milwaukee. Only a four-point number uh, on that one. I feel like Anita, right? Only a four-point number. What's the over-under for James Harden? Let's go to Richard in Manhattan. Good morning, Richard. You're on 98.7 ESPN. Dave, if Steve Nash wins a championship, right, he will be the first coach, manager, or anyone, first-time coach who wasn't, who wasn't an assistant coach. He wasn't in the front office. He wasn't even a broadcaster. No experience related to the game. Well, he Except played the game for played. a long time. Was a multiple time MVP. No, but that, of course, of course, Dave. But that, I mean, that's not. But that doesn't take the other things. He never did anything that would enhance his career toward coaching. He wasn't uh, even yeah, no, a broadcaster, right. Dave. You're listen. You're. Well, I don't know what a broadcaster. What, what that actually does. Well, what do you mean? Alan Burr was a broadcaster. Joe Torrey was a broadcaster. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think that broadcasting helps you. You, you know, but doesn't matter what you did. Foray into, into managing or coaching. That's not my point. The point is, there's never been anyone who had. Nothing I understand. Of that. It's a. You know what? Let, let's be fair. I think you could take a lot of people that they don't don't have any experience to coach this team, and they would probably be very successful. Don't you? No, no. You don't. Got to keep the team together. No. Oh come on! I mean, come, you got Mike D'Antoni as your assistant you coach. Quick, you don't. You, know, you don't quick. think that hey. this is. You don't think outside of just keeping the guys from killing each other that this is about as easy as a job that exists right now in all of sports? Well, that's the point. He's keeping them from killing oh, each other. Oh, so, so you want to you want to give Steve Nash tremendous credit for the oh, yeah, job he's done with this club? Well, Dave, I got I got a New York Giant trivia question. Let me see if you'll get it. I think oh, you'll like it. God, during the Ice Bowl game in '67, Dallas yeah. and Green Bay, there was a big when Green Bay was driving for the final touchdown when Starr scored the touchdown. There was a big third and six play, third and six, and the Packers surprised everyone. Star called the draw. Who was the former Giant that carried the ball for the first down? Was it Chuck Mercine? Very good, very good. Yeah. That was Ali Sherman's rookie draw. Very good. 
Thank that was you, Ch- Ali Sherman's whipping boy because he went to Yale and he used to yell at Mercine in the practice today, you're not playing Harvard anymore. You're not playing Harvard. So, that, Dave, always Th- a pleasure. Thank you, Richard. Always, always a pleasure. You see what I do there? E- even outside of Stump Rothenberg, Ty, I, I bring it at such a, such a tremendous level. I mean, it's what you do, man. We're, we're not surprised here. We're not surprised. He snuck that in, though. You see that? He's like, let me talk about how great Steve Nash is. And, oh, by the way. <laughs> I, I love you ripping him, though. He, he's, Nash is keeping guys from killing each other. He, he uh, well, deserves well, coach of the year for that. Uh, coach of the year. I mean, he, come on. You don't think that this is the easiest job there is. All you have to do is just go and stand there. And it's so thankless, though, right? Because if they win the title, no one's going to think about Nash being nope. a coach. He's nope. not going to get any credit. But if they lose, the conversation no, I don't, I, I don't think uh, – unless, unless they are just completely outplayed and out-exed and owed, I don't think that Steve Nash is going to get a lot of the blame. No, I think if they lose, he's going to take so much heat. Do you think so? So much heat. No, I don't agree with that. I th- I, it always happens. Whenever you have one of the best teams in the NBA – Failed to win a championship. There are people who have So it's never on the players, huh? It no, won't be on Kyrie or, or Durant or James Harden. You're going to place the blame on Steve Nash? Not me. I'm just saying that's what the conversation is. I becomes. think that's very unfounded and very unfair. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you have people. Who do you like in this series, by the way? I go with the Nets in seven. I think so the, you think it goes all the way, huh? I think the Bucks can hang with them. They were the best offensive team in the league this year. They've got the two-time MVP. Love Tucker, Portis, and um, no defense agenda. That's going to hurt their shooting. But they got a lot of guys who can shoot. Drew Holiday is not going to stop Kyrie, but he can definitely slow him down and make him take some tough shots. There's a lot of firepower in, in Milwaukee. I think it comes down to a Game 7. And if I have that at home with KD, Harden, and Kyrie, that's what I'm going to You'll take with. your chances. Now, is this the, the only team that realistically, in your mind, stands in the way? Of Brooklyn, I think I think people because of the Embiid injury are starting to underrate just a tad. The I I never gave Philly a chance. I just I I have no confidence in Ben Simmons. None. Yeah, but what they do have is one of the best players in the league playing a position that gives the Nets the most trouble, and that's the interior. The Nets have no answer for for Simmons. So I, I think that can be a fun series, but how how healthy is Embiid going to be with a torn meniscus, well, a partial not, tear? Not, not very, I would imagine. All right, Ty, I'm going to go get on Cameo, and I want you to purchase a Cameo from me by the end of the weekend. By the time I talk to you at, at 5 o'clock on Monday morning, is I'm that a deal? I'm on it, baby. I'm on it. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.